0: Welcome to the Living Out
1: Podcast,
0: helping people, churches and society talk about faith and
1: sexuality. Hello and welcome to the Living Out podcast. We aim to speak into issues of faith and sexuality. Uh, My name is uh, Andy Robinson and you're joining us near the beginning of our latest series looking at Bible encouragements where different members of the team are speaking about passages of the Bible that have enabled them to keep persevering. And uh, I'm delighted to be joined by uh, Ashley today. Hello, Ashley.
0: Hello, Andy. Good to be here.
1: Now this might be a hint as to where we're going with at least one of our passages, but actually, I wondered whether you have a story about an embarrassing or a painful injury.
0: Yeah, um, thankfully, I don't have many of these. I've been physically fortunate throughout most of my life, but I'm now I'm now over the age of thirty and uh, seem to be reaching a point where I can. I can sleep wrong. I didn't know this was a thing that, that people could do, but apparently that's where I'm at. So I can sleep wrong and uh, wake up with neck pain that lasts a day or two. So that feels that feels vaguely embarrassing just with my encroaching old age
1: encroaching old age gosh we've got somebody from the emerging generations team moaning about old age <laughs> just wait just wait till you're sort of beyond and into the 40s where you know the, actually the goal when you're over 40 is being able to sleep through the night without having to sort of make a visit to another room so uh, you've got all that to look forward to but um for if my my most embarrassing injury came when I was I was younger she was, was at primary school uh, and it was quite painful. I, in those days, you had these really heavy doors, which health and safety would sort of get rid of now. But um, I remember getting my thumb trapped in one, and there was quite a lot of blood and gore and a, a trip to the oh. hospital going on. The, the reason, though, it ended up being um, being quite useful was it happened to be the day, I think, of our school Christmas party. And as a result, I won the uh, the best disco dancer competition in primary school (laughs) which I'm sure must have been a sympathy vote because I'd had to go to the hospital earlier in the day I'm sure there is no other reason I would ever win best disco dancer (laughs) competition but I think it's a useful line on my CV school disco dancing champion which wouldn't have happened but for my embarrassing injury so there you go I I I wear that title Berwick primary school disco (laughs) dancer with pride
0: we should make you a badge.
1: Thank you. So, Ashley, you've chosen a really interesting passage of the Bible for your Bible encouragement choice. What have you gone for?
0: Yes, the uh, obvious go-to when one is talking about sexuality, I've gone for Revelation
1: chapter 5. Do you want to let us know why you've chosen that before we read it?
0: Well, the, the book of Revelation, it It kind of gets a bad press sometimes, I will say, but, um, I mean, it it can be confusing. There's a lot of symbols and imagery and things in there that don't make immediate sense to us, but I think it's really worth taking the time to understand because there's, there's some gold in it for us. Um. If that is something you would like to do, just make a recommendation real quick. The Bible Project have got a lot of excellent resources. They produce short videos, kind of intros to different books of the Bible. So uh, we'll stick the Revelation one in the show notes if that is something you'd like to, to know a bit more about. Um, and so, yeah, John in this book, he's kind of got, uh, he's seeing behind the curtain. He's getting to see what's what's happening, what's going to happen as God carries out his purposes in the world. Um and yeah, I just, I really like the whole book, but this chapter, um, it, it shows me how important Jesus is. This is, we'll, we'll get into Brilliant. kind of more of that as we read through it. Uh, but yeah, just this, he is, he's kind of the only one found worthy in all creation. Like you'll see, they, they check. Right. Um, he is kind of the ultimate reality. There's nothing better. There's no one like him. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's one reason that I've chosen this one.
1: Great. Shall I read it? Um, so let me read uh, Revelation 5 for us. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the angels' elders said to me, Don't weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the centre of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne, and when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the lamb, each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You've made them to be a kingdom and priest to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and ten thousand times ten thousand. They encircled the throne, and the four living creatures and the elders, in a loud voice, they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power ever and ever. The four living creatures said amen and the elders fell down and worshipped. Wow, that was a great passage. Thanks so much for getting me it's to, cracking, to it? read it. Um, when did it become your, your favorite passage and, and you know why is it so important to you?
0: Really over the last few years, I've just ended up reading it more. Um, uh, there's been a lot of change over the last few years. There was that pandemic that some of our listeners may remember, um, which obviously involved a lot of a lot of things. Uh, but even before that, I, a lot of my friends kind of moved away and just scattered across the country, people buying houses and getting married and having babies, doing all those big life things. And then for me personally, in the last year, pretty much everything about my life has changed so where i'm living the job i do all of these things are are new um and very very much a god thing he led me into it but still a lot of change and so i wonder if it's tied to that like this it just gives me something kind of constant and steady to keep returning to Mm. and helps me to to realign my perspective um it also it it speaks to some of the the deepest longings in my heart i find so when I examine myself and I look at look in my heart, I find this longing for for someone who's worth giving everything to. Mm. Uh, it's like my heart wants to be given away and it, it longs for someone who's worthy of all that I am, someone I can worship, honestly, someone who is beautiful that I can give everything to. And here in Revelation 5, I get to see him. I yeah. see this one who is beautiful and who is worthy of my whole heart. Um there's a song based on this chapter and it kind of asks the question, is anyone worthy? Is anyone whole? Is anyone able to break the seals and open the scroll? And then Jesus, the lion of Judah is put forward. And the question comes back, is he worthy? Is he worthy of all blessing and honor and glory? Is he worthy of this? And when we finally get to the answer, which is he is, almost every time I start crying, it's because it's like something deep in me has been longing for someone to be worthy. and so. It it makes sense of that that desire in me, mm. um, and kind of finds and finds an answer to it.
1: That's brilliant, Ashley. I, mean, it, I, funnily enough, you've actually chosen a passage that I preached on a few weeks ago, and it it's I just love the way Revelation five works because you you have John weeping because these scrolls can't be opened, and I guess if the scrolls can't be opened, God's purposes can't take place, and all we're left mm. with is just the pain of life on earth, but. The fact that there is somebody who can usher in God's purposes, this world and the pain of this world, isn't all that there is. There is a glorious new creation that that Jesus won for us. But but just the image you get of Jesus, you you kind of you know he's told this lion of Judah has triumphed, and and he looks round, and you can imagine John looking round, see this great lion, and then you get this lamb looking as mm. if it had been slain, and you, you just get the the glorious picture of Jesus, who is both this triumphant lion who's won great victories over death, and he's also this lamb who is nailed has been nailed to a cross and has has paid for our sins as he's died. And I think it's C.S. Lewis, isn't it, who describes Christianity as you couldn't invent it just just mm. the way you have this astonishing, boring lion. Who is simultaneously the one who died on the cross for us? It it's just a glorious picture of Jesus.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So go on then. How obviously thinking about things that encourage us, particularly in the realm of, of sexuality. Are there particular reasons this feels relevant to you in that area and might be relevant for others as well?
0: Yeah. This this may start in a slightly depressing place, but don't worry, guys, it'll get better and, and I'm okay. Um so I am not an optimist. I have some friends who are, and they they seem to start with the understanding that life is basically good with some bad bits, whereas I tend to come at life more from the perspective of life is pain, and there are some good bits. <laughs> and so... <laughs> I don't know, Andy, if you've ever met any of these mythical optimistic um, people. I, I
1: I happen to know somebody quite well, namely myself, who would probably share a similar approach to uh, to the world as you do. So, um, so yeah, I, I I have some sympathy <laughs> with this, but uh, but yeah, keep going.
0: Excellent. Hopefully, we'll help both of us in whatever. I'm yes, about to quite. Say. Um, so, in that, I, I guess I'm looking for something that makes life worth living, and looking for the reason that I'm here. Um, and I find myself with three options really when i think it through like three ways that i can face life and face reality and so the first of those is that i can kind of numb and distract myself from the, the harsher things of life mm. um the second option is i can try and choose my own reality like write my own story and and craft my own purpose Or well, the third option for facing life is that i can trust what god says about it mm. and um in terms of sexuality, I've kind of I've tried option one, this kind of numb and distract option. I've I've tried to let sex be a distraction, kind of let the excitement or the pleasure or the kind of comforting fictions, I guess, numb me uh, to to maybe some things in life I don't want to think about, and it mm. just doesn't work. It isn't enough, uh, whether that is sex or anything else that I've tried. You kind of end up in the same melancholy existential place, but with more damage from your poor choices. Um, and then option two so that was kind of looking for purpose and fulfillment where you choose it and writing your own narrative and uh, trying to bend reality into the shape that you want it to be again that could look and has looked a few different ways for me but this is the living out podcast let's talk about <laughs> sexuality um i've i've tried that like the world tells me i will find the ultimate answer to to the things in in my heart i will find that in a sexual relationship in human love expressed through a sexual relationship the world tells me that is something worth living for and it's worth all the kind of bleak melancholy bits of existence um but again i know that that narrative just doesn't doesn't work it isn't mm. true a human being cannot satisfy me they they're not enough um if i was seeking my purpose and my satisfaction in a romantic or a sexual relationship her her limits would chafe on me and her neediness and her inadequacy would frustrate me. There's something built into me that just needs something more and I can't seem to ignore it or rewire it or get rid of it. I just kind of have to face it.
1: Yeah, and just just chip in on that. I, I think, again, sorry, it seems to be the C.S. Lewis podcast. He, um, I think he says if 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 we find in ourselves a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, it shows that we're made for another world. I, I think you're just saying actually that approach to life of just looking for stuff in this world. Yeah, you you you're saying it isn't going to work and uh, C.S. Lewis agrees with you. So
0: Sure what, if C.S. Lewis agrees with me, I think I'm in a good place.
1: But go on, sorry I interrupted you because you were talking about three approaches to life.
0: Yeah. Well, as as C.S. Lewis puts it, kind of our last option is um that we're made for another world, that there is something more and we kind of have to trust what God says about reality. And that's where I finally circle back to Revelation 5 because passages like this one Show me what my life is really all about. this is why i 'm here and what i 'm for it 's jesus yeah uh, he 's the only one worthy in all creation to break the seals and open the scroll and to give human life purpose and depth so there 's actually something here I can live for and something that 's kind of worth all of the the bleak and melancholy bits of life um, but even more it 's something that gives me actual joy, so i don 't spend all my days in a melancholy puddle uh, there's a there's a purpose there 's a future there 's a celebration. Um, and bringing it back to sexuality again, it means that my sexuality actually has purpose. So it's mm. not just something that distracts me or trips me up. And it's not just something that I have to deny or repress or ignore. It's something that's good and it's been created on purpose. And it finds its fulfillment in the one who is the center point of the universe, just like everything else does, as we see in this passage.
1: Yeah. No, that's that's really helpful. And I think I think you see... Exactly what you're saying in John, John here actually, because John, you know, John weeps when he thinks this world is all that there is. You know, maybe John would join us in the sort of pessimist uh, group of people. But, you know, when he he just (laughs) thinks this world is all there's going to be, he weeps and is told not to weep, not to weep, but to worship actually. And I, I guess for all of us, we find our truest selves. When we join in the worship that you read about in Revelation five, which you know in the end every creature in heaven and earth is going to join in praising God and praising Jesus, and we find our our ultimate selves, our ultimate satisfaction when we join in that song because that's what we're made for. Um, so to idolize sex or a sexual relationship actually misses out on what we're ultimately made for. We're not ultimately made for sex, although it's a good gift. We are ultimately made to join in the song of worship. And one day we will. And that's going to be pretty good.
0: It is pretty good, isn't it? It is. I'm excited. I'll just chuck in one last thought before we move away from, I won't say the best chapter in the Bible. (laughs) One of the best chapters in the Bible. Um, So I think the way that this can be helpful to others who are listening, perhaps, um, in one of two ways. So either perhaps it will just provoke the question. So as Andy's just been speaking about, if that is what it's all about, what what are you doing with your life? What, What do you think life is all about? Do you see sexuality, any other kind of created thing as the pinnacle and the purpose of your existence? Or is it Jesus? But then for those who are perhaps like Andy and I already quite naturally asking those kind of questions, this passage can be helpful because it provides the answer. Here is something worth living for and someone who is worth all of you, all of your desires and your hopes and your longings and your sexuality and your body and your mind and your heart and your soul and your strength um and so yeah wherever you are kind of in asking or trying to find an answer for those questions i think revelation 5 can help you out
1: awesome that's great advice thanks ashley
0: just to remind you that we're hosting a free lunchtime webinar for church leaders on Thursday the 9th of November on the topic of concupiscence. We've also got a Living Out Day in Edinburgh on Saturday the 18th of November where we'll be sharing our stories, talking about culture, biblical sexuality and supporting same-sex attracted Christians. Find out more about both events and book a place at livingout.org events. Welcome back. It is my turn to ask Andy about his favourite passage or an encouraging passage um, to do with sexuality. So Andy, what have you chosen for us today? And you hinted at the beginning that when you asked the question about an injury, it would link back to this. Maybe you can join those dots for us.
1: Well, strangely, of course, the link was hopelessly contrived because, you know, that's <laughs> basically the first three minutes of the podcast is about contrived links, isn't it, to um, to something we're going to talk about. But, but anyway, my, my favourite passage, particularly as it links to sexuality, is 2 Corinthians 12. At 1 to 10. It's all about Paul having a painful thorn in the flesh, which I don't know whether it was embarrassing, but was certainly painful for him. Possibly not physically, certainly emotionally. But yeah, 2 Corinthians 12, 1 to 10 is, uh, is my favourite passage on this theme.
0: Fantastic. I'll read it and then ask you a bit more about it. Thank you. I must go on boasting, says Paul. Although there is nothing to be gained, I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself except about my weaknesses. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain, so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say, or because of these surpassingly great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I'll boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Andy, perhaps tell us what's going on in this passage.
1: Well, I think the background to 2 Corinthians is that Paul is facing opposition. So there are some, Paul's founded the church in Corinth, but there are some leaders who are coming to Corinth and saying, hey, don't listen to Paul, he's yesterday's guy. And these new leaders, Paul describes them as super apostles, look brilliant, impressive, they're eloquent speakers, Yeah, they claim to have great spiritual experience and so on. And Paul is kind of slightly embarrassed. He kind of talks about himself in the third person. Yeah, I've kind of had those experiences as well. But he says, the thing I really want to boast about is my weakness. I want to boast about the thing that makes me rely on God, that forces me to depend on him, that potentially keeps me humble. And he talks about this thorn in the flesh, which is both a messenger of Satan And yet something used by God that Paul obviously finds really painful that force him to cry out and depend on God. And Paul's basic point is, I'm more useful to God with this thorn than without it. That's why God hasn't taken it away.
0: So why has this become important to you, specifically in the area of sexuality?
1: Well, I, I remember vividly actually the Sunday morning that I heard this preached at church it was when I was a student I was just getting to grips with um sort of sexualities, something that I was finding quite painful if I'm honest um you know I was beginning to see my mates get girlfriends and I was wrestling with the fact that um I was attracted to to guys rather than girls and And this passage, I don't know whether you've ever had that experience where just a sermon just is coming straight at you Mm. and just thinking, gosh, God's word is really speaking uh, into me. Uh, And I could certainly empathize with a painful thorn. Uh, We don't know what Paul's thorn was. I'm not saying it was same sex attraction, but certainly at the stage of wrestling with my sexuality, it was something I was finding deeply painful it, it kind of resonated because Paul prayed three times, you know, Lord, take it away from me, take it away from me, take it away from me. And I think at that stage, I think I'd prayed about 333 times about my <laughs> sexuality. Lord, you know, just take it away from me, change my attractions. This isn't what I want. Um, and so I was regularly, perhaps most times I was in church on a Sunday, my main prayer become, Lord, please change my my sexuality. And so when God says to Paul, actually, I'm not going to do that. My grace will be sufficient for you. My power's made perfect in weakness. It just felt that was the Lord's answer to the prayer I'd offered about 333 times, Mm -hmm. that actually he wasn't going to, and still, you know, 20 years on from hearing that sermon, he hasn't changed the basic sexual attractions that I have. But I think he was saying, look, actually, in a sense, you know my power will be made perfect in your weakness. this is a pain you're going to have to keep living with and yeah you know, that's changed over the years but there's certainly been times when it's felt like the thorn has been pressing harder and harder into into my flesh but it probably is the thing that's just kept me relying on the Lord and praying to the Lord and if I've got any humility, it's probably been the thing that's sort of worked that humility uh, in me. To be honest, for me, the rest of my life has been pretty smooth, actually. You know, family's been all right, I've been healthy and so on. I think I'd have been a nightmare without a thorn in the flesh. And so it probably is the thing that's kept me relying on the Lord. And he makes this promise, you know, my grace is sufficient for you. Funnily enough, actually, the last time I spoke about this passage, I just broke down, it, it, was, um, it, it was my final Sunday at the church that I'd pastored for 20 odd years and we did a sort of interview uh, and the question that came to me is you know, what would you say to your younger self Um, which you know given I'm mid-40s I've got a younger self who's about 20 years uh, earlier and I said actually what I'd say to my young self was this promise is true you know my grace is sufficient for you and you know probably over the last 20-25 years uh, actually i can testify to through painful times God's grace has been enough. And so although I'm not saying Paul experienced same-sex attraction, lots of this just felt like it resonated. God's got purposes mm. in painful things. He mm. doesn't always take them away, but his grace will be enough for us.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Andy. That's fantastic. I think all of us at Living Out would share that Um that testimony that our same-sex attractions are actually one of the things that have oddly aided us in mm. our discipleship the most. They've uh, encouraged us to lean on the Lord. They've mm. they've shown us our own weaknesses and failings. I think Anne has written a blog post about that, actually, so we'll stick that in the show notes as well. Um, but that's that's one of, one of the wonderful things about God, isn't it? That even though, as we were talking about before the break, perhaps there are many, many difficult things in life, um, that even in our weakness, he is able and his power is made perfect in our weakness. And I get that's the way of the cross, isn't it? That's, yeah. that's what we see even in Revelation 5 is uh, this, this weakness, this thing that looked like defeat, this mm. lamb that was slain, that is actually the route to victory and to power.
1: Yeah. And I think that's one of the best things about being a Christian, because if this world is all that there is, if there's no God, then suffering is just meaningless it's pointless there's no Mm -hmm. no good no benefit to it at all suffering just is whereas one of the one of the joys of being a christian is that it it doesn't remove the pain from the suffering paul's thorn in the flesh was was painful at, at times i think all of us within the living out team who wrestle with sexuality will find that painful it doesn't take the pain away But what it does say is that the pain has a purpose in God's plans Mm. to work in our character, to give us a a longing for heaven, to make us more compassionate towards others who are are struggling. It's just one of the helps of being a a Christian is because we know even from the cross, God has purposes in suffering. It just means, okay, this is still painful, but I know it's not meaningless, and that was Paul's approach with this thorn it's certainly been my my experience as I've wrestled with sexuality uh, for getting on for 30 years now.
0: So we've started to touch on this already but how else might this passage be an encouragement to others whether their struggles are more in the realm of sexuality or in other things?
1: Well I think one of the the useful things about the thorn is we genuinely don't know what it is Um, and so obviously that means lots of commentators can speculate which is a a fun thing to do but one of the advantages of not knowing what it is is it just means it can be applied to a whole range of of situations so i say for me that's been been sexuality but ashes was a pastor or just a friend to people my my discovery is that pretty much everybody's got a thorn you know for some it will be a family background that is deeply painful for others it's singleness not actually because of same-sex attraction but they're finding that difficult for others they've just got lifelong uh, health issues or or just some aspect of their personality they wish they were different they're just painfully shy and wish they weren't i think the overall message is so often god will say to us you are more useful to me with the thorn than without it Mm. so don't resent it um and actually in a sense one of the one of the joys for me of wrestling with sexuality has been being able to empathize with people with other thorns and for all of us saying actually we are more useful to the Lord being humbled, not being conceited through this thorn and all learning to trust God's promise. His grace will be enough for us and so we can trust him. Great. Well, I think we've worked through a couple of passages that, I I guess, take life in this world seriously, which I just love the fact that it takes life in this world uh, seriously, (laughs) uh, but hopefully points us to Jesus and his glory and his beauty as the lion and the lamb, and the one who suffered himself and so is able to turn our sufferings for good. And whether those sufferings are in the realm of sexuality or actually any other area, We've got lots of reasons not to weep, but ultimately to worship. So, thanks for joining me, uh, Ashley, to talk through those uh, two great passages. Uh, Do check out our our website. There'll be plenty of other uh, articles, particularly picking up some of these themes uh, that you can uh, read, and one or two will be mentioned uh, in the show notes. We're carrying on with more uh, Bible encouragements from different passages in a couple of weeks' time, so do check us out then. And do join us again. Thanks so much for listening.